Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, no, this was really good, I thought. Aaron Sorkin, great, whatever. If there's one thing I would have would have improved it, it would have been if one of the characters was in a garage playing guitar Don't. and someone else came in. Don't do it. <laughs> like, Don't you dare. What's his name again? Ben. No, no, it's James. Jim, isn't it? Jim. Jim. Jim Harper, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone talks about how The West Wing is such a good show, and it is, right? Mm-hmm. Donna for life. Mm-hmm. But no one ever talks about that scene. No, that's the newsroom. That's good. Oh, yep, it is too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Every time. They're all pretty much the same. Hello there, welcome to this episode of I Only Like You in Movies. I'm here with the only person I like who is currently in the International Space Station. Is this also, joke getting girl. stale or? I think it's funny, I think that's the only important thing. Okay, good. Okay. I'm glad that so we now, keep returning to this bit. Oh, hi. Yeah, hi, it's me. She's here, she's loving it. Uh, we have seen The Trial of the Chicago Seven. We have. You might have, you might have heard of it as the most recent Aaron Sorkin joint. He wrote it, also directed it. He's a bit of a director these days. And it's taken a while for this to get onto the screen. Don't know if you know much of the history, Sine. I don't, but I am fascinated to learn. So please tell me. That a bit of that sounded facetious. There? I didn't. No, I didn't mean <laughs> it to. I meant it to sound really enthusiastic, but it came across as sarcasm. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, he wrote it. About in 2007, so that would have been just after, well, after the West Wing, because he left the West Wing halfway through. So, you know, a while ago now, 2007, and he was writing it for the direction of a little guy I like to call Steven Spielberg. Oh. However, as we all know, um, in 2008, there was, or 2007, there was that writer's strike in America. That delayed things. Remember it well. Um, You remember it well. It affected so many shows, didn't it? It was a huge thing, really. It really did. I wonder if there'll be another one eventually. Was that not the year Hugh Jackman hosted the Oscars and there was a big thing because yeah. the guys were on strike and so he did this whole spiel about him doing it in his garage, which he didn't do. <laughs> Might have been. Um, and then it seems like Paul Greengrass was going to be involved for a while, but he couldn't get the right budget he wanted. Spielberg came back and then... I think a lot me. of handheld camera probably wouldn't have... Um, <laughs> he wouldn't this. have liked that so much, yeah. <laughs> a lot of fighting for no reason. And... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but then Spielberg came back for a bit, but then apparently um, Spielberg, this is what Sorkin told Variety, this is on Wikipedia, Spielberg saw Molly's Game, which Sorkin wrote and directed, mm-hmm. and he was sufficiently pleased to suggest I direct Chicago 7. And then Donald Trump was elected, and then at these rallies, Trump started being nostalgic about the good old days of beating up protesters, and the movie became relevant again. Uh-huh. And then, as he says... You know, they, they were filming it made it before all this happened, but then obviously lots of protests occurred in America last year and it became very um, 
relevant even more so. Now, you said before we recorded tonight that you and I are going to have very different opinions on this. Yeah, I think we Is will. Is that because I quite liked it and you loved it? Is that the difference of opinion? Um, I mean, I see how you can think that way. Um, mm. No. Oh. Yeah. I didn't, what? I didn't love it. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't. Before we get into why I didn't like it, I just mm-hmm. need to ask a few questions. Okay. Is it because there were coffee cups? I mean, sufficiently acted. Yes, but no, that's not the main reason I didn't like okay, it. Okay, second question. Mm-hmm. The wigs and the hair oh, in general. Significant yeah. reason to why I didn't okay. like it. All right, we'll get into that in a second. My last question, though. <laughs> yep. Is it because of the funny accent that um, Sasha Baron Cohen has? I have written down <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen's accent. He got a freaking Oscar nomination. For best supporting actor. I have never met someone worse at a Boston accent. He slips out of it constantly. He's like Australian in some parts and then he sounds South African. What are you doing, sir? How have you been nominated for one of the most prestigious awards in the world? I can't believe because it. It's the heart of the movie. That's what. Oh, that's God, why. get out of here with that. It's funny. Um, our friend of the show, Lauren, she also mentioned that. His um, accent was funny. She's yes, like, I yeah. liked it, but the accent was funny. I didn't mind it. So, how do you not mind <laughs> a bad accent? Well, I, I, it kind of fit to me for that character. What do you who, mean it fit to you? What are you talking about? Am I in the well, freaking Twilight Zone? Because he's like a hippie revolutionary and a really fascinating guy. I'm reading about him because you know, it's all based on true story. We should get into the story eventually so people know what this is about if they haven't seen the movie. But, um, just a fascinating person, and I, I felt like he did kind of feel like he was a different, he was counterculture, different part of the world. So I didn't mind that I had he had a an accent. No. No. Okay. No. You don't lose your accent because you become a okay. protester. What are you talking no, about? I'm just, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> just the fact that he he didn't seem like he was a he seemed like such an interesting, fascinating, charismatic figure. That the fact that he had a different accent kind of suited him, is what I thought. Well, you're moving wrong. on to hair. Moving on to hair for a second, Sine. <laughs> Mark Rylance. Oh. How'd that go for you? <laughs> it's, Apparently, it's pretty realistic, though, from what I've seen of pictures sure, of the real guy. Sure. Listen. <laughs> sure. Totally on board with that. Totally on yep. board with historical yep. accuracy. Uh-huh. Totally on board with Mark Rylance because I love him. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. What's the solution here? Like he's, I know what he looks like without the hair. Yeah. So he just looks like a person wearing a wig. And I don't believe that he's the character for one <laughs> second. It is funny. Yeah. I know what you mean. There was a bit at the beginning of when he came in and I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> it's like when people made fun of, I don't know if you've ever seen The Hours. Uh, no, but I, I know it's like the, it's the nose, isn't it? That Nicole Kidman's nose because she was yeah. being Virginia Woolf. Yeah. And all it was was Nicole Kidman with a fake nose. Mm. That's what bad wigs do to me. Okay. It's just the actor with a funny hairdo. Yeah, and I don't fair. ever, I'm not able to suspend my disbelief and it, it immediately polarizes me. Fair enough. I, it, it, it doesn't, I'm not, um, Glossing over the fact that we've got this really movie, important movie about politics and history and a really some really serious stuff happens in the movie. And we've spoken about the wigs in the in the hair, but that is important, isn't it? Um, in the in the creation of a film to make it 
All the elements um, have to work. Well, they do have to work together, don't they? And yeah, I can. Looking back, I, like I got sort of swept away in the story, but I can totally see how that would be that did affect the story as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the story about today? What would you what do you say it's about? It's based on true events. I love that I'm now the one who does like the plot recaps, and I'm the worst person at recapping plots. <laughs> Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7 is a 2020 American historical legal drama film written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. It follows the Chicago 7, a group of anti-Vietnam War protesters charged with conspiracy and crossing state lines with the intention of inciting riots at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. That's nice that you just had that ready to go. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I practiced that and written it down <laughs> and uh, it came out how I wanted it to. So that's good. Yeah. Now... Is it something that you were very familiar with before you watched the films today? Never heard of them. <laughs> okay. It's funny you say that. I mean, that's fair enough for, you know, us here in Australia in um, 2021. Apparently, um, Steven Spielberg um, told Aaron Sorkin he wanted to make a movie about the riots and the trial that followed. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Sorkin, who had just made The West Wing and other very serious movies and seemingly knows everything about American history and politics. It was like, I didn't know anything about this. Oh, really? Like, you're a grown man. <laughs> you should know something about this, it potentially. It was a Democratic National Convention. How did he not know mm. about it? It says here, he said, I left not knowing what the hell he was talking about. Imagine being Aaron Sorkin in that moment, <laughs> just having to go along with it. Like, oh, yeah, I love that story. I'd love to do something about that, Stephen. That sounds so interesting. Thanks so I much love... for recommending that. I'll, I'll definitely, yeah, yeah. consider that. I love that. how it began. I love how it it went along, how it ended. I so. loved how the things happened in yeah. in it, and um, um, they they and certainly happened. Yeah, Chicago. I didn't know there were seven Chicago's. You know, that's a dad joke. <laughs> that's a big dad joke. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out. Of, what's that from? Um, that's from Eamon from the bands people. Ah, one. good. Yes. Yes. yes I knew. I knew. Isolation trivia. Ben, 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 Ben. Ben, 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 Ben. <laughs> anyway, yes, so it's a very serious movie mm. um, about serious events. And you know what? I didn't realise until I watched this, I've been missing a legal drama in my life today. I knew. You know, I'm, oh, I, just, you, I just they're up know there, you. They get, they get in the room after they've been, like, fighting with the judge and they're trying to regroup and... They can't agree, and then late nights they're at the at the house and they're talking and strategizing. And one guy wants to do something else; the other guys, oh, I don't think so. And then they get a call from like some racist person who's like been mm-hmm. a shit over the phone, and they've got to like deal with it. And they've got a dick tactics, and all of a sudden Michael Keaton turns up in a surprise role <laughs> halfway through, and you're I like, "Oh my that. god!" No one told me Michael Keaton's going to no, be in it. No, I didn't know who was going to be in it, and then he turns up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's Michael Keaton!" But isn't it good? Like. You just, along with the ride and the, oh my God, Sydney, mm. you can't tell me you didn't love slash love to hate that the judge. Hate him with every fibre of my being is what I do. <sighs> Frank Langella, one of the great actors in, oh, in general. Oh, yeah, God. But I, every yeah, I little thing, movies. Every little oh. thing they did, he's like, no, no, no. Like, say what you will about this movie. You know, I, I get the feeling you got lots to say, which you'll get into. But you can't disagree that he's one of the worst villains I've seen on screen in so long. Just everything he did was despicable and just, and you just hated him. Up to the point where, it, like, and this happened in real life to me, he bound and gagged. I know, I know. 
Oh my, Bobby Seal! Like, what the hell? But he wasn't even involved in the riots. They just lumped in yeah. this black guy with the rest of them so that they could be racist. He was there for four hours, they say in the movie, and I assume that's correct enough. Yeah. Um, but just and like obviously it's a movie and it's Aaron Sorkin, so there are lots of um, liberties taken with the story. I, I do. I'm not particularly a fan of taking too many liberties, but you know, the story. I think it worked for this film, and yes, I, I do have problems with it, but you do try after tries you might distinguish from real life to the story you're going to tell to be true to the spirit and everything. But mm-hmm. yes, I I love to hate the judge Julius Hoffman. Oh, hate him so much. <laughs> Tracy Gordon Levitt hasn't been in a movie in a while either, has he? That was good to see him. He hasn't. Mm. I do love him very much. Mm. Did you think? I'm like, I'm not versed well enough in American politics to really know whether this movie was doing right by everybody in the film. Mm-hmm. And especially like, you know, the West Wing is an idolized version of politics and you know, Aaron Sorkin is an older rich Democrat sort of guy, so of course he kind of ultimately would go with people who are like he won't go with Sasha Baron Cohen's character who's a real revolutionary. He's like, why can't we all be friends in the end, you know? Yeah, he's a moderate. So, yeah, so I think some people are like, oh, in the end it's all about how good being a centrist is. And I'm like, I'm engaging with these ideas, but I'm not going to say I know enough about them to really yeah. know if I, where the film's coming off. But I feel like, as I said, I think Abby Hoffman, Sasha Baron Cohen, was the heart of the movie, and he's the one all along he was saying the right thing and he, he stayed true to himself and I mean, his beliefs. You know, was he saying the right thing? I mean, you, you can't understand his accent. Was he saying okay. the right thing? All right. Okay. Especially but when just... you're up against Eddie Redmayne, who's doing the best accent mm. ever. He was doing a pretty good job, wasn't he? It just... I'm just thinking, just back to that point about politics, it's like, yeah, JGL's there being... He's the prosecutor, but he's a nice prosecutor and he, like, kind of is on their oh. side. I was like, is that really what's going on in this real life is or you're just trying to make some sort of sympathetic person there you know what i mean selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay. What what else do you want to complain about today? All right. <laughs> okay. You're going to unfurl your scroll of complaints? <laughs> Listen, you've made some good points. And for the, the last 15-ish minutes we've been talking, 
you may have pushed my rating up a bit. The main okay, problem, from four to a five, okay. Sure. <laughs> the main problem I have with the movie isn't necessarily the fault of the movie, right? I'm acknowledging that up front. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel mm. any of it. Mm -hmm. The only bit that I sort of felt, it really affected me when he bound and gagged the black guy. Mm. And I think maybe my two issues with the film were I didn't really engage with it because I didn't feel it and perhaps mm -hmm. I didn't feel it because it felt a bit too real. Okay, I see what you mean. And I just don't know if I have the emotional capacity within me to constantly hear about awful people doing awful things in America mm. especially and also watch a film about it at this current time. Mm -hmm. There's something I also find about, I don't know if this is a Sorkin thing, it could be that, I don't know, it was in development for a while, I don't know. His writing to me doesn't feel cutting edge anymore. It doesn't feel quick and sharp. It feels dated it feels idealistic in a way that mm. people complain that the West Wing was. It didn't grab me. It's just a movie that will be in the discount pile at JB Hi-Fi. <laughs> like, I, I just didn't... I was a bit underwhelmed, I think. Mm, okay. Did you have high expectations going in? I think I might have, and I think that's mm. my fault, and, again, not the film's fault, but... Mm -hmm. I love Sorkin. I really mm. do. And what I got was Sorkin. Mm. <laughs> so why am I complaining? Um, mm. I it's funny. People, criti people criticise Sorkin. And there are obviously some parts of his writing that you know, can get a bit much. And like, we like the newsroom, but obviously there are some parts of that show that are just very on the nose and yes. pokey. But like, criticise them all you want. He's still one of the best writers ever. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely he is. Totally. But yeah. I just, the the sort of, the structure that he writes dialogue in, mm -hmm. where we start with a little close to home sort of thing, right? And then we expand mm. into this big world problem and then the music swells and then he's got this mm. final thing where he says, and I think, sir, that you should think about this or something. You know, like it's a really <laughs> just mm. overly hokey, dramatic thing mm. that feels like it's from a movie in the 90s not from now mm. and i know that this takes place in the past and that's not my point my point is how it's written now for today's audience being released now um i i don't know i'm just over it i'm over that kind of ron howard mm. steven spielberg big dramatic film that were really big in the 90s and i just don't know that that fits today's audience anymore i think well, I certainly, I wanted something else. I've seen that before. I've seen people who are disenfranchised against powerful people who are awful. Cool. I just, and I know you're limited because you're, you're working with a true event, but I actually feel like the dialogue let this film down a bit because it was just formulaic. Mm. Interesting. Guess. Yeah, someone, someone, I don't know where it was now. Oh, here we go. It's here on Wikipedia. There's a quote from the actual transcript. So Rennie Davis, who was, he's, um, oh, his mate. Yeah, he's Eddie's mate. Eddie Redmayne's mate. Here's from the transcript. He said that to the judge, 
You represent all that is old, ugly, bigoted, and repressive in this country, and I will tell you that the spirit of this defense table will devour your sickness in the next generation. And this person from New York Times has said, that's the most Sorkin-esque dialogue in the transcript, and the fact that you know, in, the in its exclusion, the film is downright baffling. So you wonder if there's, like, obviously lots of Sorkin-esque dialogue in the movie because it's written by Aaron yeah. Sorkin, but it sounds like the trial itself, you could have written a transcript of it, could have been pretty interesting as well. Yeah, totally. Mm. And, I, you know, it's a fictional film at the end of the day. It's not a documentary. No. So they are going to take yeah. liberties with certain things, but I just, I don't know. I just, like, it happened. It was a movie, sure, great. It felt a bit Oscar baity, and mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, it was good. It's a fine, solid film, like any film mm. that is in this kind of genre, right? But that just bores me. <laughs> it's funny, you talk about that. I'm like, there haven't been many big legal dramas in a while, but they were, they were huge in the 90s, weren't they? They were really big. Mm. I remember, I don't know. Like Sully, which I watched recently mm. last year, mm -hmm. and they're having their inquiry, and it's got the same sort of, mm -hmm. you know, they trick him, and then someone says, "By God, he's done it," or something. Like it's just so, like, what are we doing? <laughs> so is that more of a, a genre thing? You're not really into this genre. I don't this think movie? this genre is relevant in the way that it used to be, and I don't mm -hmm. think that the filmmakers who make films in this genre are very self-aware of that, and are. Mm. Uh, putting enough effort in to make, to reinvigorate this genre for a new audience. Mm. Like just thinking about genre cycles and things come back mm. and in vogue and all that. But you also need to change certain things in order to get that to happen. Um, and this didn't, I don't know, like even playing with form, playing with structure or um, I don't know, something like that could have livened it up a bit for me. I just don't, I don't know. I just feel a bit underwhelmed by it and a bit like, yeah, it was fine. Fair enough. But I don't really have a particular reason why, like I didn't, you know, vehemently dislike it. It was just kind of nothing for me and you know, that's kind of bad. <laughs> but yeah, just didn't grab me. What do you think of the undercover cops? I was so upset when they were there. Oh, the woman? Mm -hmm. What are you doing, lady? She had the funny joke about the eggs. One is enough. It's a great joke. Pretty good joke. It's a great joke. Your dad would like that, wouldn't he? I like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny you say the structure and stuff because there was like cutting back and forth from the events and uh, talking about it, but it's just not, obviously didn't work for you, did it? No. Trial and then going back to what happened and it was actually Eddie who started the riot, spoiler alert. Yeah. I, I liked no, that and I no, liked the cross-examination no. that Mark Rylance gave and, you know, they were there the night before trying to work out what they were going to say mm. and stuff and mm -hmm. that was all great. Like, those moments hit as reliably as you would expect them to hit. But I think that's the problem. It was very paint-by-numbers for me. It was very just mm. what I expected to get and I got it. It's a solid, reliable film. Mm -hmm. But that's not my jam anymore, I don't think. Okay. I think um, it might be sort of a safe choice for the Oscars. Like we're recording this before the Oscars yeah. ceremony. Um, but I I do think it was good in the end, though, still. But I think Nomadland's going to win. Spoiler alert. Oh. Maybe, maybe I'll be... Well, wait till we get to right our comes Oscar special podcast. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, well, I'm going to give it four out of five. I'll give it three. Okay. It was a middle-of-the-road fine film for me. Fair enough. Everyone's going to hate I, I, me. I liked it. I was on, on board the whole time. But as you said, it didn't blow me away. Like, it did everything it was doing in such a great manner, and I was fascinated by it. But you're right. It's like the best example of that movie, but not necessarily one that I'm going to rush back to. Yeah. But it is kind of interesting that, you know, Sorkin can direct a movie as well as write them as he did for so long. Well, he's been, you know, around it for enough, mm. <laughs> enough time. You liked Molly, Molly's Game, didn't you? Molly's Game was great. I mm. love Molly's Game. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel bad that I didn't don't love feel it. Baron's fine. <laughs> Are you, would it have been different if Sasha Baron Cohen's accent was better and the hair was better? For you or is that just i mean i don't even know they were like, like just rotten cherries <laughs> on top of a cake that was fine um okay <laughs> interesting metaphor <laughs> sasha baron Cohen's accent really pissed me off to the point mm. where i was annoyed when he was on screen because i was like how are you in this movie with such a high you're... caliber of actor directed mm. and written by aaron sorkin and that's the performance that you bring to the role i thought it was fine i do you have trouble seeing John Carroll Lynch as anything but the Zodiac, though? He was oh, David yes. Dillinger. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's playing, like, probably the most moral character in yeah. the movie. <laughs> He's the Zodiac, though, so... He's the Zodiac. Mm. That, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's where I know him from. Our crazy, stupid love, of course. Yeah. One of those guys, you know? One yeah, of those he's been guys. in everything. Mm. All right, Sine. Mm-hmm. Bit, a bit disappointed in you. I'll let Aaron know that you weren't taken away by his movie. I'm sorry, Aaron. I like all your other stuff. I just yeah. didn't like this one. <laughs> okay. That's been us this week. Uh, we're on Twitter. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Please tell a friend. Give us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, and that'd be great tonight. That'd be great. I have another podcast called I Miss You Man. Almost forgot the title of it there for a second. <laughs> Fine, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, have a listen to that as well. I'm there with my friend Dylan. We'll sort of go through different topics each week. Um, You've got a lot of special guests on the pod recently. We've had special guests. We've had you talking about Paddington, of course. What else? We've had us got guests talking mainly about movies and stuff, so pop culture. And then when it's my turn to have an episode, I just talk about something random that no one's interested in. It's, it's quite fun. So nice. Yeah, get amongst it, as we say <laughs> in that show. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.